Hello there and welcome back to Tap Calf Transmissions, the only Star Wars podcast where we do the intro multiple times, but you gotta mm-hmm. listen on YouTube to see that. We are back here to talk about the final book of mm-hmm. the Callista trilogy. Mm-hmm. I am your host for this week, Corey. Joining me as always is my feckless co-host, mm-hmm. Mr. Justin Eckhart's Ladder. How are you doing, yep. Justin? Yeah, we're we're discussing the festering jizz box of uh, Star Wars books today. I would say, oh, this and is, this is much you better may, than you last may time. you may think that um, that's something that I'm saying just to be gross, but that's something the book actually gives us, which I'm sure I'm sure we might touch on throughout this podcast. No, we're gonna, we're gonna get a good handle on. on the festering jizz box. Don't worry. <laughs> if there's one thing people expect from this podcast, it's got to be that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, festering jizz box, uh, alien discussion of alien love and passion uh but yeah how are you doing today Corey? uh i'm doing good i read about uh half of the book today or no i think i've actually read everything after page 70 today so i had a a good chunk Mm. of planet planet of twilight today i don't know how that impacted my day uh but i went for a nice walk afterwards uh so that was nice i did almost the exact same i was gonna start it last night um and i got seven pages in and i fell asleep I woke up on my couch and like my neck was like kinked at a terrible angle and I was like, oh, this book has caused me IRL <laughs> pain now. Um, and then, yeah, so it was all that today. And I also went for a walk. Um, my plan was like m- my daughter, she she like won't fall asleep with anyone but me. She, she'll go to sleep with Kelsey like at night, but for her naps, we always hang out. So I've got like re- literally four hours a day where I'm just like, what the fuck am I supposed to do? <laughs> So I was like, okay, I'm gonna read this garbage Star Wars book. Well, <laughs> let's not let's not show our hand, but I'm gonna read the Star Wars book today. But then for I, her second nap, I think we'll disagree a little bit on that. It was okay. There there were parts that I liked, but yeah. um, but yeah, the, the second nap she didn't fall asleep. So and then I had to go to my dad's to move some furniture. So I was just like, I was I was stressed about this. I was like, oh <laughs> man, this podcast caused causing me so much stress on that I know. Always after I finish recording it, we spend all of our time just talking about like dumb shit anyway. So, yeah, it's fine. Mm-hmm. When we get to uh, Thrawn book two, though, that's when we're gonna need to be really on our games. Mm-hmm. Yes, is that how many weeks from that is now? Uh, oh, wait, how many weeks from that? Yeah, that that's three weeks from now. Okay, cool. So yeah, the next week we're gonna be we talked about this uh, off podcast. The plan right now is going to be uh, next week and the week after we'd be doing two Young Jedi Knight books, uh, and then that'll let us lead into uh, the Thrawn book coming out the following week. Because normally mm-hmm. we do like novel something else, like a comic, a young reader book, just so we we're not doing like full long books in a row. Because that that's mm-hmm. a lot for us to commit to and people who are trying to read along. Uh, but I wanted to run a potential idea by you for for a substitute there okay so rather than doing two young jedi night books in a row i was thinking i wanted to get a kind of more classically appreciated book after doing Callista for so long uh and like i really like we we both really liked alphabet squadron jedi prince for uh no no okay okay Hold sorry <laughs> uh but like we both really loved Alphabet Squadron, we're going to be doing that, and then another canon book coming up. So maybe for people who aren't as into that, 
that'll be a few episodes in a row where we haven't really done something that's popular within Legends. Mm-hmm. So I was looking at uh, what we've got, and right under Planet of Twilight on the shelf is a little novel called X-Wing Starfighters of Adamar, which Ooh. is actually rather short. So what if next week or the week after that we did Starfighters of Adamar instead of one of the Young Jedi books? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm totally for that. So so next week or the week after that? Yeah, no, that's, that's fine with me. Uh, should we just do it maybe the week after next so we kind of have a short book next week and then... Yeah, um, that works for me. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's so cool. we'll be doing uh, we'll be doing Young Jedi Knights next week. That is mm-hmm. Jedi Under Siege, I believe we're on. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't quote me on that. Check the episode listings. Uh, and then following week we will be doing uh, we'll be doing Starfighters of Adamar. Week after that we'll be doing the second book of the New Thrawn trilogy. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's the podcast. Thank you for listening, everyone. Uh, <laughs> Well, before we get into Planet of Twilight, are there any news stories you want to talk about? Anything that's been itching at the back of your uh, back of yes. your mind? So there is actually something. Um, I saw, well, I don't know if you saw this, but they've recently announced that they will be releasing some new Star Wars, or some old Star Wars Legends books with new uh, soft covers. And they will also be putting some Legends books to audiobook. Uh, unabridged audiobook um which is going to be really cool i think shatterpoint is the first one they announced that will be getting an unabridged mm-hmm. audiobook and i think it was the i can't remember i think path of destruction is in the first three as well yeah that's right it's uh shatterpoint path of destruction and something else but i'm not i forget what the third one was so i think it's cool that they're republishing these new mm-hmm. covers with it but what's bothering me about it is that the form factor they're mm-hmm. different sizes than yeah, all of really my other big. star wars books and like i have enough trouble with the they hard covers as I have. large as a hardcover yeah like I, yeah i, I just kind of glanced at it. I, i'm i'm to be honest a lot more excited about the audiobooks yeah because they also announced that the next um well it was sort of leaked that the next set of books includes rogue squadron uh, so it's so like X-Wing Rogue Squadron. So I'm kind of hoping that that book will finally get the unabridged audio treatment it deserves. Because it was... Let me just check. I have it open on a tab here. Um, the next ones are Darth Bane Rule of Two, Dark Force Rising, Plagueis, and X-Wing Rogue Squadron. Hmm. And all of the books other than X-Wing Rogue Squadron already have a, uh, un- or sorry, have an unabridged version and I believe that's the same for this first release, so it would kind of make sense if this were the the book. Um, yeah. yeah, so that's fun. Yeah. I'm, also, we can do Shatterpoint sometime soon. Yeah, I'm thinking I'm actually going to buy the that version of Shatterpoint, because I think that's one that I haven't reacquired since mm. I've been buying uh, my paper copies again. And after I love Trader so much, mm-hmm. uh, I've... And, already knowing how much I enjoyed the episode three novelization, I have been looking to read Shatterpoint because I, it's the same author and yeah. I kind of looking to see if it, uh, if it kind of fits into that, if he's really, if he should be going into the pantheon of star Wars, great authors that no one really talks about, mm-hmm. but, uh, yeah. Do you know the release date of that? No. Okay. We'll have to check that out. Cause maybe we have to slot that into the schedule somewhere. Yeah. That'd be good. 
Okay. I mean, like after Thrawn, we're kind of clear sailing for a while. Yeah, so. for sure. When's for the sure. next? Uh, when's the next High Republic book supposed to come out? Um. Uh, Isn't it like? G- no, I shouldn't just make shit up. Uh, let me see. If I'm not sure, I won't say it. We hold ourselves to higher standards than that here on Tap Calf Transmissions. High Republic I mean, release. We do. I don't know when the next release, like adult book, is. Um, I don't know if they've released Light of the Jedi. Oh my god! I just tried to type while not looking, and um, Rising oh Storm god. is July sixth. Okay, so, that's so a bit yeah, still. that's that's still a while off. We should probably throw in some of like the short stories or YA books mm-hmm. which were done with yep. Young Jedi Knights as well. Yep. But uh, but yeah, imagine planning this podcast. No, I I like this. I don't. I like to just <laughs> we're just just chatting with my chatting with my friends. So. Yeah, that's what we're here for. And today, we're chatting with our friends about Planet of Twilight. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you, you did kind of show your hand earlier, but what was... Have you read Planet of Twilight recently, other than this? Um, the last time I actually read the book um, was probably like three or four years ago, but I did listen to the audiobook probably two years ago. Hmm. Um, actually, you know what? The first time I, well, last time, sorry, I read the book would have been, I think before I started YouTube. So I forgot a lot of it. I, I remember the basic kind of plot of the, you know, the drocks and the, mm-hmm. it being generally kind of boring and that stuff. But, uh, <laughs> what, what about you? What's your experience with this book? I, I have not interacted with it in any way in a long time. Uh, other than like articles that are related to content in it or any mm-hmm. offhand mentions in like source books and stuff so i don't know i i, I kind of went in with very low expectations and i ended up liking it more than i thought i would but still not a lot okay uh i i think it might be my favorite of the three Callista books okay for i think for some yeah. elements of it but because like children of the jedi and dark saber it's better than uh, children of the jedi uh, that's for sure children yeah. of the jedi is, is just is brutal in my opinion yeah like i i still don't like any of the characters in any of the three books but i did kind of like what they were trying what hamley was trying to set up here with mm. like the mystery elements even though i do think that those ultimately fall kind of flat i think there there's some yeah, elements I- of fun to that I was kind of wondering because I, I already knew all the secrets because I had read it. And then yeah. they also revisit it in uh, Fate of the Jedi. So I was wondering, like, I assume you figured all of it out pretty yeah. easy or pretty quickly. Yeah, like some I knew going in, some I didn't realize was supposed to be a mystery. Yeah. Even stuff that I didn't know going in uh, mm-hmm. or didn't remember going in. Mm-hmm. So like the fact that I had been aware of it before kind of makes it unfair to judge it on that ground on those yeah. grounds. But even, like, in context, there's some stuff that's, like, super obvious that's... Uh, well, some of it's, it's essentially laid out, like, yeah. without it being necessarily explicit. Like, Seti Ashcraft be- being... Yeah, so we, we should probably explain the overall plot a little bit before getting uh The plot is a mess, Yeah, 
basically, the, the plot of the story is that uh, there's a planet, Namkorios, uh, which has basically three different kind of settler groups on it. There's the old timers, the newcomers, and mm-hmm. the the Therans, the listeners. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the old timers have been on there for a while. The newcomers were more recent. Uh, they No one's allowed to leave the planet or come in. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's difficult to do that other than on like a one-person fighter or also get shot down. Mm-hmm. Uh, Which I thought was a cool idea. The planet basically has these giant laser cannons um, that are like they auto-target anything that comes in, which is a cool idea. I, I think it would have been a little cooler, though, if they had made it like a bit of a more ancient thing. Like mm-hmm. these cannons had been along had been around for a long time and like the uh like that i think that would have been more interesting it's kind of funny that you have the physical copy of the book yeah if you look at the cover do you see what their version of the uh, yeah it's the it's the laser cannon from off and it's tiny and these soldiers i don't know where they're supposed to be like they're just the soldiers from off i don't know what they're supposed to be representing from the book but I'll, i'll hold this up so you guys can can see if you're not uh for those of you watching the live stream now but uh but yeah it's the cover art is really just whatever they could find Mm -hmm. but um yeah so (laughs) because like you could have had the uh you could have had the ion cannon on hoth Mm -hmm. like that would have been that's kind of i mean the guns not doesn't seem that large but that's like a lot closer to uh to what i imagined yeah um so Leia goes on a diplomatic mission, a, a secret diplomatic mission, to meet with Seti Ashgad, who is a uh, not really an official representative of the planet, but he's kind of seized power there. He has mm-hmm. a following in the Rationalist Party, which seems to be a party that exists in the New Republic as a whole. Yeah, uh, this is kind of weird. Party politics isn't really something that we see a lot of. Like Generally, senators are shown as acting independently, but we get a few party name drops here. Well, that's what I was kind of wondering, because, like, at at some point, it almost seems like the Rationalist Party is, like, like, limited to Nam Chorios, but then it's like, why do they have so much influence? Well, they Um, mention, like, uh, Q-Varks and uh, a few other people in the Senate as being part of the Rationalist Party, and then there's, like, the the something day party, Yeah, but... I'm gonna assume that it that it is a larger political party, but like what I just googled it or wikied it and it says the Rationalist Party was a political party on Nam Chorios that advocated for liberation of the planet and free trade. I'm just gonna assume that like they talk about the Rationalist Party having like like infiltrated um like the New Republic's like council and like it was like dividing the the like the New Republic Council. If they were that powerful, you think they could probably just hire a few, like like a capital ship to bomb the, uh, bomb the lasers from space. Yeah, right? and Lornar had a fleet there, but but yeah, yeah. So Seti is basically leading the this cult more or less on the planet, uh, mm. and telling them like, oh, you need to break this imposition by the old timers to let stuff get in. For the settlers of the planet, the reason that they're doing it is because they want like medical supplies they want to be able to sell the stuff they're mining uh, or farming they want to import some food uh Mm -hmm. so it's set up as like reasonable demands but they're also the newcomers to the planet so they're interfering with what the old timers are doing and uh the other inhabitants of the planet 
we find out are the sills or the the spooks these mm-hmm. sentient crystals that no one seems to know are sentient uh and it's kind of set up as it's going to be a conflict between those two on whether you should join the new republic or not whether you should interact with galactic society or not mm-hmm. uh leia gets kidnapped while this is happening by seti uh and really seti is just uh taking advantage of these people to get uh the crystals that their mind that are on the planet they want lornar corporation which is a starship manufacturer to come in crush the planetary defenses and strip mine the planet meanwhile mm-hmm. uh dizim uh a 250 year old drock which is a giant bug basically a, a giant bug wants to do it so he can spread the death seed plague seed, yeah which is a bunch of drocks all over the galaxy and eat people to stay alive longer and and also eat, eat themselves cousins. yeah um while this is happening too um seti ashgad is also using these new um robots they're like kind of humanoid robots they use synth flesh and stuff ultimately and, end up not mattering at all yeah, so when when you first talked about you sent me that message about the uh the festering jizz box. I thought you were talking about the part where um <laughs> you'll have where to be 3PO, more specific, Justin. <laughs> yeah. Where 3PO talks about um how Han Solo had talked about like this young like pop star on Coruscant <laughs> and how like one of the like one of the uh freighter captains wanted to get a synth a robot that looked like her and do a bunch of sexual <laughs> acts to her. <laughs> That's what you're talking about. Festering jizz box. I was like, no. oh, okay. Uh, jizz is a type of music in Star Wars. So the term jizz gets thrown around. There's a lot of jizz thrown around in this book. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, the, there's basically a few different, not really intersecting plots in this book. Uh, Luke is hunting down Callista, who ended up on Namkorios. And that's how mm-hmm. the message got to Leia and Luke that uh, she's... Callista told Luke and Leia, stay away, don't li- listen to Seti, he's full of shit. Um, mm-hmm. So Luke goes to Namkorios trying to hunt down Callista and find her after she said, we can't be together, I'm not a Jedi, there's a power imbalance here. Mm-hmm. Uh, his girlfriend from the previous books. Mm-hmm. Leia's going for this diplomatic summit. Then there, she gets separated from R2 and 3PO who have their own adventures throughout the book. And then there's another plot with Han and Lando that kind of intersects more with C-3PO and R2. And ultimately, neither of those last two amount to anything. Nothing happens. They find Dalla, who comes and kills the Lorinar fleet in the last 10 pages. Mm-hmm. And then she starts f- fucking some guy in a conference room. So <laughs> they do have a kid later. Uh, so that's that's something. Yeah, that was something I definitely forgot about. Uh, so there's sort of this whole uh, this whole crew um, that's a part of the whole like Seti Ashgad setup. There's there's a hut named Baldorion. There's Seti Ashgad. There is what what is the name of Dala's lover again? Um, uh, how did I forget? It's Vorn Legus or something. Yeah, Legius or whatever. Um, and then who else? Uh, that's kind of the like, main. That's kind of the main cadre. There's Triselda, who's mm-hmm. like Baldorian, and this other woman came to the planet like years and years ago as mm-hmm. uh, Jedi, 
and wait like with the Callista trilogy version of jedi where they're kind of like independent yeah uh the, the whole order hasn't really been established in the broader lore yet so it mm-hmm. seems like they're a bit more independent and possibly always assholes uh but the planet yeah. is like really strong in the force so it's it seems to be like drawing people there it is yeah, kind of just... funny to read like it's always funny to read how the force is portrayed back then because leia sees Beldorian using the force and immediately she's like he must be trained as a jedi which is yeah. like not be my first like first uh kind of thoughts but everyone at this point is either a jedi or a dark jedi yeah um so, should we just get it out of the way? Other than Dala, which we'll talk about a bit, I'm sure. Uh, is there anything at all that happens in R2 and 3PO's? I didn't read most of it. I'm not going to lie. So or, I really or Han and Lando's that either made sense to you or is worth talking about. Because I, I feel like we it can was, skip. This book was really badly written, I thought. Um, where there's like lots of sections. For one thing, there's lots that is that's written um, from the perspective of the characters um but it's like not quite thoughts and they're not in quotes but it's just like kind of just like little bits of stream of, of consciousness thrown in which makes it a little weird um and just like it's it's kind of just like a barbara hanley thing where like she doesn't write like a star wars book so like the plot is kind of hard to follow mm-hmm. when you're reading it as a star wars book um but yeah, the C-3PO R2 thing was really confusing. Basically what happens is um when Leia's kidnapped and her Nogri are killed. Do, I, do um, we even need to do we even need to do this? The, the, it doesn't go matter. Off on an adventure. Nothing it doesn't happens. matter. None yeah. of it ever connects to anything else except they end up back in the system and find Dala or technically I think it's a different system. The Pedagos yeah. Coria, yeah. But yeah. like none of none of what they're doing connects to Luke and Leia, except in like very superficial ways later, where mm-hmm. I guess they destroy the lore in our fleet, but the lore in our fleet only gets there at that point. And there was one thing that I think we need to talk about, though. What's one that? one thing that came out of the three PO and R two story. Hit me. I'm going to read you a passage here from uh, from a book named Planet of Twilight by Barbara Hambly. Please do. <clears throat> this is my favorite part of the podcast when we go to the passages when we show up with receipts. Okay, go ahead. Marcopius had been a loyal retainer of her excellencies. A good pilot and as far as 3PO was capable of judging an admirable young man. Though 3PO personally saw no reason why human remains should not simply be jettisoned, burned, or, for that matter, Mm -hmm. stewed and eaten by other humans in an emergency, provided they were certified free of harmful bacteria first, and, if possible, aesthetically prepared. He was acutely aware that neither her excellency excellency the young man's family nor the deceased himself would have considered this send-off at all respectful respect and custom being the foundation stone of protocol 3po was deeply offended yeah Um, there's there's a lot in this book where 3po doesn't seem to understand or have a read on um mm -hmm. things that would be classified as customs which seems like it should be his wheelhouse so Mm -hmm. But yeah, yeah. I, I think that's that's all that really comes out of uh, that that journey that I thought was worth. I like that. I, I knew you were either going to quote that section or the the jizz box section, but yeah, well, um, I, the jizz box stands on its own. I think we should just not elaborate further and let people go into the book on their own and read it. Yeah, 
I, I I don't like when Star Wars books, and I'm reading um, First Strike, which is a Halo book, mm-hmm. where they go too far into how robots think, like or how AI thinks. Like in um, in First Strike, it'll be like Cortana turned to her morality subroutines, and I'm like, fuck off! Like just say like mor- like Cortana thought about it, or like Cortana looked through her programming about this. It's like. That'd That's be like writing they're... with a human, like, their neurons started firing. and Right. Or it'll even be like, Cortana turned off her, her morality subroutine. Like, they're portrayed as basically funny people in the movies. Yeah. Like, that's what you should be doing in the books. And, like, C-3PO, yeah, like, he's he's funny, but he's, it's just, it doesn't work. Um, yeah, he's very not 3PO in it. Like, all the characters, mm-hmm. there's, there's a lot of the pulpier legends books around this period where a lot of the characters don't really feel like either themselves or a consistent characterization in any way even within the individual books uh we we do get some like through lines like uh weird romantically terrible luke and that Mm -hmm. that's probably going to be most of what we talk about tonight Mm -hmm. but but yeah 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 um I'm trying to think of anything else like on that on that topic I guess. It it is a bit weird. Um it's Yeah, I I, I don't know. It's like the the C3PO stuff. It part of this book feels like they had an interesting idea for a short story or something and then they just made it way fucking longer than it had to be. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, don't do th- don't do three P. Don't do my boy three P. Like that. Um, <laughs> yeah, we do get so something that comes up a lot in the book as well is uh, how Leia needs to train more as a Jedi and mm-hmm. how she's afraid of kind of becoming Vader if she does. Mm-hmm. Uh, and mm-hmm. that actually comes up a lot throughout the expanded universe. Yeah. And I think it's one of the more interesting like family dynamic parts of Leia's character. But uh, there, there's a line early on in the book where Luke is talking about how she needs to, she needs to do th- that training, and mm. uh, mentions how she needs to train with of all the people at the Praxium, she needs to train with Kip or Tion. Yeah, uh, because they're like, the do best. Do you want to learn to fight or be a musician? <laughs> it's like yeah, like Tion gets introduced as like this kind of pity student that luke brings to the academy to do some bookkeeping for him because she wants to be involved and like she's definitely knowledgeable about the lore of the jedi she kind of shows her strength in that uh but the idea that she's like who you go to for your lightsaber practice it's kind of weird to me because i think it happens like twice in this series where she's doing like lightsaber instruction Mm -hmm. yeah like I think it's, it might just be like a name thing where it's like people yeah. might know who Tion is. But like this is where my boy Kyle Katarn really, they could have slotted him right in here. Yeah. Although actually maybe not. Is he around because, at this point? Yeah, not yet, I guess. That's that's not until later. Yeah, I don't think he's back yet. But yeah. still, if you want to, if you want some lightsaber practice, you could, you could try to well, hunt like him down. Like Cam, Cam Soldier Cam, Star. Sure. I, I, guess she's, I guess she's not a... Uh, 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 hold on, my Discord keeps crashing. That's not good. Yeah, it just crashed like three times in a row. But anyway, um, she's not a solo star at that point. But Cam would be a better choice because Cam like was a Jedi. Um, 
like before Luke found him. So I don't know. Yeah, like, anyone who would know Tion would probably know Cam. Like they're in a lot of the same places. Mm-hmm. Cam's in more, really, but yeah. Uh, there's also a thing. Say, oh, go for it. I I found. Um... Uh oh. Okay, hold on. I might need to call you on Facebook. Like my Discord keeps crashing, but um, I, there was a really funny uh, description of. Callista at one point in the book too where like she's just described in like the most unattractive way possible where she's like they like say she's got like the voice of a teenage boy or something like the raspy yeah. voice of a of a adolescent boy and I was like oh it's like she's long she's lanky she's got the adolescent voice of a or the the raspy voice of an adolescent boy <laughs> I just imagine Luke is just infatuated with her and it's kind of funny <laughs> if you think about it in that context well, the whole the whole book is basically Luke needing to learn not to be a weirdly attached. Like it's basically everything that most teenage boys need to be told mm-hmm. about. Like, just if, if someone says no, no means no, and fuck off. Like mm-hmm. she said, don't go after her. She says she doesn't want like it's not going to work like this, and he just can't stop himself until the end of this book he finally is like oh maybe i should stop uh but like he's talking about how there's no reason to live this this academy will get on without me sometime and like i get being depressed after someone you love dies Callista's not dead he Mm. had a breakup a year ago a relatively amicable breakup and he's just non-functional it's sad it is and it's like it does kind of remind me of what it's like when you're like when you are like 15 and you do have your first breakup where it's like leia's like off doing this diplomatic mission like at the beginning of the book and like she's talking to luke and luke's like sure do miss calista yeah this is a year later he is 32 at this point i really do love her (laughs) she's like okay christ like she's like all right let me pat you on the shoulder like, he went and did this. He didn't tell anyone where he was going. Mm-hmm. He's so fucking irresponsible. Like, his Took students thought he might have returned and gone into the yeah. jungle to meditate. <laughs> tell so... someone what you're doing, you dumbass. Yeah, this is like they don't go off, like, like mountaineering without at least leaving a note. <laughs> like, Luke, please, like, let people know if you're off on an incel adventure. Yeah. Like... If if Callista had died or something, I can understand being like somewhat like this for a while. Mm-hmm. But that's not anywhere near what happened. It, he's just he's the worst. But there was another quote I want to read about mm-hmm. uh, Luke's relationship uh, Please. thoughts. Please and do. I don't know if you picked up on this, but. Uh, new academically, there was still some point to his life that his students leave the fuck that guy. Here we go. So, this is a discussion between Luke and Vorn, I believe. Uh, and Vorn so saying he, when they're like sick and like when he's sick and they're like hiking out of the base yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So Legius is Legius is kind of as bad about this as luke basically and they're having their little sad boy sad boy hours 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and Lee says, many years ago, I loved a woman, a girl, really. She was very young. It was like nothing I've known before. Before so He's talking about Dala, basically. At times, it felt almost as if we were brother and sister, <laughs> two halves of the same whole. And another just seems our passion for one another colored the world like a firelight. Luke whispered, I have felt it. <laughs> <laughs> There's part of that sentence that Luke very clearly identified with. There's like three times here where Luke's weird love for Leia gets referenced. Like, yeah. not in spite of their sibling relationship, but almost because of. Mm-hmm. And it's creepy. Yeah, no, it's it's really weird. Um, It's really weird. Also, do we actually see Mara in this book at all? Because no. she gets mentioned, but... For a second, I thought at the very end when they're describing Dala on the shuttle that Mara had showed up, and it no. was like, because he like talks about her red hair and her green. I'm like, oh, Mara's here. Um, yeah, it, Mara gets brought up because like when Luke crashes the B wing on the planet, he's trying to tell smuggler stories, and so he just regurgitates. I thought shit Mara that was one of the ones that. that don't they? Isn't Mara like one of the ones who they ask to help search for Leia? I thought it was like Kip. Mara and Lando. Maybe I'm imagining the Mara. Uh, maybe. That that was part of the book that I didn't really pay as much attention to. It sounds like something I skimmed. Mm. Okay. Um, I actually kind of liked the end of uh, Clust and Luke, though. I like, think he finally grows up as like, okay, they can leave, but his like the whole book is just Luke whining about wanting to be near her. Yeah, but I just mean, like, I I don't know. It was like, if you could imagine for a second that these characters actually did have, like, a believable love history, like, that had spent many years instead of, like, they spent a couple of weeks together, like, and they were messaging each other on MSN for a bit. <laughs> like, that would have been a, a nice send-off, I think. Like, them have just waving. But How many hearts do you think was in, uh, like, do you think they were at the point where they had each other in their, like, sub status or was it like directly in the name and how many hearts um i think it would have been i think they probably just had shortened versions of their name well i guess it's hard to shorten luke and callista but and then it would have been like belong to and then like whatever song they're listening to that's kind yeah. of what i remember from msn back in the day I I'm not even sure how many people listening will get any of these references. I don't know how old our audience is. I've never really looked at the analytics, but uh, we should probably mm-hmm. move on then. Yeah. Okay. I'm fine with that. So MSN talk on Tapcap transmissions. Uh, if there was a and were you big into MSN like yeah like for me that was every day come home yeah. every day turn on MSN it was like basically hanging out with your class or your friends after school it's like oh. Who's on? Yeah, like I lived, I lived pretty far out, especially from high school. Uh, I went out of my out of my zone, so because I, I kind of lived out in the country, and me and my sister ended up going to the high school that my mom went to. So I was I lived nowhere near anyone that I went to school with. Uh, even the high school I was, I was supposed to go to, I didn't really live near anyone who went to it. Mm-hmm. So unless I was specifically making plans to go hang out with someone which would have been like a whole thing where i need to get a ride way out to the city then mm. it was it was all msn that was my only my only access to the outside world did you ever do that thing where like 
the girl you had a crush on would be online, so you'd like you were all online for a bit, so you'd like log out, then log back in, so she'd see your name pop out. Up. No. Whatever, just pretend I'm the weird one. <laughs> I know a lot of people who definitely did that. I mean, it was just like, oh, maybe she didn't see me. Because like, people would have like 100 MSN friends. You'd log on like, oh, now she knows I'm online. Maybe she'll message me first. Maybe she'll give me a little nudge. <laughs> oh, yeah. we're. I think nudges were like closer to the end of, uh, yeah. end of MSN. Well, there was like the... Remember there was MSN Plus... Where you could like mm. get like different nudges and stuff, but yeah, then they carried some of those features over. Um, but yeah, those were those were good times. Definitely a lot of definitely like some real drama there on MSN though back in the day. <laughs> Fuck, I, I've I've got logs of my MSN saved somewhere and I can't find them, and it breaks my heart. I really want to see those things. Yeah, I. I, I think I have the logs of the uh, the conversation I was having with the Empire War Modder who tried to dox me because I think that was on on MSN. Mm-hmm. And once I learned you could have like different accounts uh, signed in because I had like the modding stuff, then I had my like real life stuff. Mm-hmm. So that was. That was a real yeah. game changer for me. I'm trying to remember if that was MSN or Skype, but I wasn't cool enough to be working on Empire War mods at that time. Hmm. I've been doing this for way too long. <laughs> we did actually. Uh, there was someone who was on the team who left the team, and we were like 14 at the time. Uh, mm. Who left the team and rejoined under a new name and new account that we realized it was them because they would log off of one account and then log <laughs> into the other one. Yeah. That uh, was, those were the days. I remember my friend, uh, Bruce, he had one of those cases where he had a, a girlfriend, but she was from the next town over or the next province over, or mm. she was actually from out West. Apparently that's what he said. Um, he's like, yeah, uh, I, I, Wait, she's she's from out west. I see her all the time. I just that's why you guys just haven't seen her. We're like, oh, okay, Bruce, sure. Uh, and then it turns out basically that she added a couple of us on uh, on MSN or whatever. And it turned out no, it wasn't a girlfriend from out west. It was an online girlfriend. Uh, and then she started talking to all of us and my buddy Mike in particular. So they talked to a lot. And then it turned out that it was actually just my friend Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm like, you know, that's kind of weird too on your end. Like, like you made one of our friends fall in love with you. <laughs> You're pretty committed to it. <laughs> he probably gonna need therapy now. Oh God, man, people. Are... <laughs> yeah, kids do the dumbest shit. It's the same Dan that um, we had like this big group of friends forever um still most of them which is the one that moved away for a while yeah that's him it was one day like dan was supposed to come to flag football and we went to go pick him up and he was just gone he moved to newfoundland (laughs) he just left (laughs) hey when he gotta go i remember another case with dan where his mom picked us up from school which 
I, like I live in the suburbs. Like my school was like a 30 minute walk. So it, if that, they picked us up just with the idea that, oh, we were just going to go to Dan's house. Turns out she's like, okay, because she was a Newfoundlander. I'm not going to try to do the accent, but she's like, okay, we're going shopping buys. Um, so we spent two hours in uh, Old Navy and uh, like, for, well, not Forever 21, Old Navy and like American Eagle and stuff and just trying to buy jeans. And Dan specifically wanted painter jeans, which I'm pretty sure are just jeans with a little like thing you can put a paintbrush in uh and it was just like two hours and now like still to this day it's like anytime anyone mentions painter jeans it's just like does that happen a lot yeah well no like we'll mention it to like okay. like okay dan go off and get some painter jeans or whatever <laughs> yeah all right sorry that's enough enough boring stories for my life <laughs> all right callista uh leaves we see her again callista will return in legacy of the force so will vorn fate of the jedi, uh, of the jedi. Yeah. it's yeah. yeah it's fate of the jedi and vorn yeah. comes back in uh legacy of the force in revelation i think he dies doesn't he yeah he i think he explodes off screen and dal is sad about it or something mm-hmm. so yeah callista gets fucked by abeloth i think mm-hmm. is what the book says because she's like she's being possessed when Luke shows up. Yeah. So like one thing about um about Namchorios, which is the planet they're on, is that if you use the Force, it's like I guess it's like magnified by the crystals. That's kind of how I took it. Yeah. And uh, so you use the Force, and then um like there's these big storms, which I think there's another book that does that. I can't remember which one. Um, so Luke is actually not that careful about it at all. <laughs> No, like I was gonna. I don't say think we, anyone ever actually tells him, like, hey, well, he, cut he, it figures, out. he it figures it out, out. But he like no one's, no one ever tells him, like, hey, that's not very epic. Can you stop? Uh, yeah, yeah, um, right. And but he so he knows, like, he kind of realizes he probably killed somebody. But then when he's in the fight with the Drox in that corridor, he's like, well, in for a penny, in for a pound. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, I made one four store. Might as well make a bunch more. It's like Luke, like. No, like you're gonna kill more people. It is kind of kind of great that all this happens just because like Beldorian wanted a yummier meal. At one. Yeah, so that's one thing we didn't mention. The Drox are basically created because Beldorian was like messing with some advanced food creation. Yeah, well, the the Drox always existed, but Dazim yeah. the. The one who's trying to like organize the Drox to wipe out the galaxy only comes about because and he's like two hundred and fifty years old, so Beldorian's mm-hmm. been doing this for a while. Yeah. Uh, which means he must have been there for a while, which means Triselda would have been there for a while, and they're still alive either way. Uh I assume she's using the Drock anti aging yeah, stuff. Yeah, probably. Uh but Dazim Is that his name? Have I been did I just it's... I forgot how they say it in the audiobook. So I did listen to a bit of the audiobook. They say it, um, Jim, I think. Okay. Yeah. Jim. Jim, uh, yeah. I think they say Jim. Jim. You can watch my Twitch stream from yesterday when I was playing Halo and listening to them. Okay. <laughs> Jim is, uh, he's created by Beldorian's cook, who we're told has uh, a gift for putting some. Uh, basically growth hormones into 
different berries and insects and making them get really big and live longer. And this yeah. happens to a drock, which somehow makes it eventually grow up into a humanoid figure. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, it, it's like not even that, like, because they, they also talk about like how the new cook was like having the drock eat doo-doo. Like, the drug don't normally eat this doo-doo, but we're going to feed it to them and see what happens. <laughs> what could go wrong? <laughs> yeah. It's like, is that that could be how, like, coronavirus started. Like, someone was trying to get, a like, a, a bug to eat another bug, and then, like, now I can't go see my friends anymore. I don't think that's what happened. Yeah. It was probably hut related in some way but mm -hmm. yeah i believe it i believe it so what did you think what do you feel about the the crystals do you let are you pro uh sentient crystals star wars has um, a lot to do with uh sentient rocks because aren't there also the uh the iron knights they're different right yeah well there's there's geode and new canon now yeah uh, which for some reason, Legends fans got really like high and mighty about about that. It's like, I yeah, got, I got some bad news for you guys. But I actually there do don't be mind it that sensitive. Much. Yeah, there do be sapien rocks in Star Wars. Like, space is a big place. There's no reason to expect that life is gonna mm -hmm. be uh, that recognizable when we find it everywhere. So, I, I yeah, don't but I mean, it. like Iron Knights are arguably a lot more ridiculous than any of the others because they're like crystals and and robot bodies fighting as jedi well yeah obviously yeah um i mean i don't mind it i like the idea i i do think it's i don't know part of like i think at the end where they're like flying around and shit like that's like i was having a bit of trouble following yeah, all it, that it's basically like ceruvian tetment yeah at that point where yeah. all the all the crystals are upset that they're uh, that their buddies are gone. Yeah. I mean, Luke also straight up lies, saying he's gonna, he's like, oh yeah, I'm gonna help you guys, don't worry. Just like, are you though, Luke? <laughs> are you gonna help get all the crystals back? It or never comes just, up again, so I assume no. Like, he's making... Are we just gonna hope the crystals find their way back? He's writing checks he can't cash. Like, yeah, that he has I no. I feel like that is brought up in Fate of the Jedi again, um, because the crystals are like they're getting. Because Abeloth, she's like, from what I remember, because Abeloth gain gets more powerful the more like despair it is there is. So I'm pretty sure like the crystals are magnifying that or some shit, and it's like that's brought up. I don't know. We'll we'll get there in thirty years when we're reading Fate <laughs> of the Jedi. I forgot about that. Yeah. She's chilling on Nam Chorios. Um, and it's still this. I'm pretty sure at that point, like, the New Republic's put a goal in around the planet. Mm. Like, don't come here. <laughs> so, shit. when they're, when the needles are doing that, uh, mm. the. There was, like, just, the vision of SETI surrounded by the synth flesh droids. And at first, I thought, like, oh, well, their brains are powered by. Like the crystal network, so is that the same kind of crystal? Or what we see, is what we're seeing yeah, right now? Yeah, I don't think the robots so. attacking him, but it didn't. Then there's like, oh no, it's actually the fighters. So yeah. I, I felt like that would have been a better payoff for the whole synth flesh droids that, again, literally went nowhere. 
I'm not sure the, what the whole problem is there's too much stuff with crystals. You got the, the, the big crystals controlling the synth flush droids, because unlike most droids that have like their own central processing units or whatever, these are kind of like battle droid style where they all get controlled by like a, um, a crystal in a room. Um, and then there's like the crystals that's like the same crystals, uh, in the caves and stuff and on the planet. And then there's the crystals flying around. It's kind of hard to keep it all straight. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah. There are parts that just kind of read like a, a fever dream. Yeah, no, there definitely are. Uh, um, definitely I don't are. know. Parts of it just get kind of hard to follow. But a mm -hmm. lot of that is probably also skimming the other parts that just yeah didn't. I don't know. I, I do think like the full, like what's going on in the entire sector is a little bit confusing. Like the the stuff on the planet is pretty straightforward mm -hmm. like i think the idea is pretty straightforward but then like everything that han is doing and like what doll is doing all that stuff i think is a little more confusing well doll is leading her little farming syndicate so mm -hmm. of former imperials it's not really clear how big the fleets either of them are sending are no. uh it can't be that big because doll's got like she's bragging about how she's got like three thousand people like mm -hmm. okay you've got what a lancer <laughs> Yeah, and this is also one of those books where like everything's just a cruiser or a like they get the New Republic. They're called battleships in one top one uh, case, and they're like escort cruisers. Yeah, like, Star Wars yeah. is just throw names at things. I was happy to see E wings mentioned by name. Hmm. Yeah, we got yeah. some silver space tape as well. Yeah, a lot of space tape. There was a, a definite red-green joke thrown in there, but... Was was there really? I like to think of it as one, but no. Oh. So I didn't pick up on that. How silver space tape was used for everything, everywhere, which is just a common thing with tape, like duct tape, but for me, it'll yeah. always be red-green. I mean, red-green would have been, would have been that, like the peak of its popularity at that point, I believe. Red-green was like early 90s. So. Yeah, but I don't know how much that went outside of Canada. That's true. That's true. But uh, anything we should, I guess we should move on to Leia. Uh, we have to, like, dude, do we have to? <laughs> well, we need to touch on Beldorian, Big okay. Hot Jedi. There we go. We touched on him. Look, looking kind of sexy. I do like how one line is he didn't have Jabba's obesity. Hmm. Which I thought was nice. He he did a few pretty agile things. Leia, yeah. Leia kills him. I think this is the first time Leia kills anyone with uh with Jedi Jedi skills. Hmm. She kill anybody in the Thrawn trilogy? I don't think she kills anyone with a lightsaber in it or with a Force. I'm trying really to think of someone. when she's doesn't she throw her lightsaber at somebody when she's escaping Kashyyyk? Remember they're like under the like city. Cut a vine. Yeah, I think she does cut a vine there. When they're I thought like... she like threw something at like a no grease speeder or something. Maybe. Have to. We have to do our reread episode. Our re 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 read episodes mm -hmm. of uh, the Thrawn trilogy with yeah. the new covers. Definitely changes everything for me as an audiobook reader or listener. <laughs> <laughs> um, I gotta and say, me with I my Kindle. <laughs> 
I think the cover of the book is a little, or not the cover, the the picture of Beldorian that's, I think from the Reader's Companion is kind of yeah. lame because he's described as more of like a snake because he's very, very long and he's he's not fat like most huts. Like he's muscly. Um, so. Well, he calls himself a fat slug multiple times. So Yeah, I think that was just self-deprecating humor though. Hmm. He's like, I may be an old fat slug, but... I'm still Baldorian. They say he's... I think they say he's like 30 feet tall or something. Like, don't I they say he's like 10 meters? I thought it was only like 7 meters. Uh, it's still I like mean, that's still 20, long. 20, but... 23 feet or whatever. Yeah, he he's a pretty long boy. Like, Jabba's what? Jabba's like 10 feet long? I guess if he's fully laid out, he's a bit longer than that. Yeah. I, yeah, guess, I guess. Jabba's a bit stubbier than him. Yeah. Girth. Mm. The Big girthy slug. Delicious. Right. Uh, <laughs> did you like the uh, the creepy scenes of like Jim, uh, Zim or Jim or Kim, whatever his name is, taking off his shirt and he's got like little mouths there? Yeah, no. Okay. Okay. I like that. I thought it was kind of creepy. I don't like extra mouths on anything. Mm. Okay. Can't trust it. Yeah, fair enough. I like. That's why, like, I liked that part, and I wish they would have focused on that a bit more. Like, just cut some of the out-of-system stuff, focus on, like... That's why I think it would have been a lot more interesting if it would have been, like... Not, like... I'm not trying to make it the flood, but if it would have been, like, these were this kind of isolated, like, disease that's locked away on the planet, and these ancient cannons are the only thing keeping them from uh, escaping. But. Yeah. I do think there's a lot with the like Han and 3PO stories that just mm -hmm. didn't need to be there because they didn't do anything. But no. it, it almost felt like just needing to do it so that all of the character, like Han, Lando, R2, 3PO, all the movie characters are in in some way. But mm -hmm. like, you don't got to do that. No, not every book needs to have Han. Han adds very, very little to this book. Yeah. Uh, so before we get into our questions, uh, where do you want, where are you, where are you putting this? Did I put the, both other books? I don't have it in front of me. I think I put both other books in D. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a D for me as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm going with yeah. D as well. I, I think I still like it better than at least Champions of the Force. Uh, but like, uh. I don't know. Treatment's the force is at least decently well written. It's just so boring. <laughs> I don't know if it is. I'm not well sure I shouldn't try to convince you. I shouldn't try to. Convince I don't know you. if I don't know if Champions of the Force is better written than this. And like again, any redeeming qualities for the Jedi Academy trilogy? Just read I Jedi. Yeah. There's yeah, no I mean, There's no other book I can point you to. It's like part of what I'm thinking when I'm doing my ratings are like. What are you getting out of that book? Like, are you getting something out of that book that you can't get somewhere else as well? Like, mm -hmm. is it worth your time investment? And it's very hard for me when I... I think I have iJedi. Uh, it might even be in my S tier. I'd have to look again. But it's either A or S. And mm -hmm. it's hard for me... Doubly hard for me to recommend spending the time reading the Jedi Academy trilogy when so much of that you get in a better form from reading. Yeah, um, but if I want this story, I'll just ask my two-and-a-half-year-old son to tell me about a bug, and he'll probably make shit up, like, 
That well, makes... there you go. Then that that's nice too. <laughs> like that would at least be C tier if he manages, because usually he's throwing Darth Vader's into most things that he talks about. So yeah, but I don't know it. That that's just another thing that lowers my already low opinion of Champions of the Force, where always bringing it back. I just, I'm just not, I'm, I'm trying to think of what book I'm going to put lower than that. Maybe Crystal Star. I think I'm going to enjoy Crystal Star more than this because it's, it is dumb like this, but at least it's mostly self-contained to like the space station yeah. and the Crystal Star. And you get some interdimensional shit, which is kind of, it's dumb, but it's kind of funny and weird. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It, I imagine Crystal Star has got to be shorter than this too. I, I don't think it is. I think it's uh, a. It looks like a pretty hefty one, but it might be like smaller type uh, or something. No. Hold on. I, I can. It's sitting behind me. Uh, it's only three hundred nine pages. Okay, this is three forty. I think. My version was three eighty eight. I read the. Uh, I got the. Oh, I got the pre Legends banner one of this. Yeah, Let's me too. Publishing day it was. Uh, I get the 1977 one. Sorry, I have. This is the one that I have my receipt in, not my receipt. This is the this is the original one. This was originally sold at a bookstore that no longer exists, at a time when phone numbers had uh, seven digits. Hmm. Oh, here we go. February fifth, nineteen ninety eight, or possibly. That was the publishing uh, May second. No, I had this is when the book was originally purchased. Oh right, because you you got you, yeah yeah. So it's yeah, uh, at twelve fifteen p.m. Someone went and was is that a stamp? Did you say? No, this is the the original receipt from oh from that Smith you... Books Gloucester Center. Oh, how did you get that? Did you buy this one online or what? I yeah, I think I I bought this used somewhere, and whoever sold it. Still had their receipt in the front. I don't think they. I don't think this was ever read before me, mm. and I didn't even like. I'm pretty much just read the Kindle one. Mine's been so, pretty well loved. Like, there's one kind of crack in the spine, but I think I did that. <laughs> Let's see what we got in the back. What do you have in the back for your previews? I've got. Uh, oh man, we got some real winners here. Paradise Snare. Oh, uh, this is a Rebel Dawn preview. Shadows Truce of the Empire. Truce of Bakura. Nice. Yeah, I got X-Wing. that X-Wing. I think we might have the same. Courtship. Heir to the Empire. Yeah. Jedi Academy Trilogy. Darksaber. Yeah. Planet of Twilight. Children of the Jedi. I think it's just all the... Ooh, New Rebellion mm -hmm. as well. That, okay. Maybe that's going lower than Champions of the Force. <sighs> New Rebellion's really bad. And the whole... It's it's one of those books where it's like the premise is like for part of it is like an annoying like sitcom premise where it's like despite everything Han Solo has done he's probably the one who bombed the Senate. It's like why would he do that? Like no one's acting rationally and that's the most that I find that really frustrating like to to watch and like a little bit just be like in any like you know sitcom or like whatever where it's like the guy thinks his girlfriend's cheating on him because he like walks in and she's giving her cousin a kiss on the cheek or whatever. Just like, hey, if it's Luke, then you never know. Yeah. 
It do be like that. Uh, so we got three emails for this week. Uh, three oh, one last thing I want to mention is uh, I did I did chuckle a bit when uh, Leia was having visions of uh, teenage Anakin. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, luckily, he'll never make it that far. <laughs> uh, so our first email, well. Earlier, we had an email that uh, Aiden wants you to stop bringing up Winter and Akbar, which hadn't come up Absol- in this in this Absolutely episode yet not. until By Aiden's the way, email. Yeah. So, well, Aiden's fault. Uh, yeah, I'm just gonna say at that beginning when Winter's because they go on like vacation with Winter, of course, because they can't watch their own children. And uh, well, I, I, you I can't see the uh, the New Republic fleet would have had to make a stop by. They're on one of Coruscant's moons, I think. Um, Yeah. Uh, then the first question for this week comes from Cedric, who Hello, Cedric. says, "Hello, Tapcalf. I want to buy some of the NJO books. What are your favorite NJO books?" This is on you. You've read them recently. I'm gonna defer to you. Uh, yeah. So I actually mentioned at the start of the podcast that Trader is really good. I don't know if it's one that you can read as easily out of context because there's a you few need that at least read Vector Prime. Uh, like if you kind of know what's going on, like it's one of the standalone ones technically, but like Jason's story there does relate a lot to what he talks about in Vector Prime, but also a lot of what kind of Vergier's stuff is in Star by Star. So if you generally know what's going on in the war, uh, then I'd say. You could go like Vector Prime to Trader. Trader is really good, in my opinion. Uh, so he's being tortured, right? Yeah, that's where he's being tortured, and Vergier is setting up like the whole philosophy thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, where I, I mentioned last time uh, with Alphabet Squadron and Victory's Price that it was one of the that Victory's Price is one of the few Star Wars books that kind of stuck with me, and I actually thought about the stuff that's implied mm-hmm. by it or just the themes that it's talking about beyond just like closing the book which yeah. again very rare for star wars stuff and i think trader is one of the other ones from uh from legends that that does that uh and Med that's Star. actually something with uh with this book that kind of highlights the poorer side of star wars trying to do that where mm-hmm. there's with the situation with the newcomers and the old timers there's actually something interesting there yeah there is but it's just such a huge cop out and i knew like the second that comes up you know what's going to happen it's going to be one of the sides is being taken advantage of they're never going to address any part of the root issue here and it's just Mm -hmm. going to be like tossed aside because star wars never really ends up addressing anything like that Mm -hmm. very well and that's what happened uh yeah there was also like kind of an interesting like they could have discussed like because the, the basic way it's presented at the beginning is that this one faction is overly religious and they're zealots. And um, basically, because of them, large portions of the population are being screwed over. There's a question of whether like the New Republic should help or not. Um, but yeah, it ends up, of course, being that, no, there's actually ancient bugs and stuff. Yeah. Uh, another set of books for NJO would be uh, Aaron Alston's, I think they are, the 
Edge of Victory books. Enemy Lines? Or, oh, yeah, yeah, Enemy right. The The ones that are about the Battle of Borlaeus. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rebel Dream and Rebel you Stand. Lucy, you get to see Lucy, uh, Lucy's yeah. last moments. Yeah, I think those are some that you can read if you enjoyed like the the X-Wing books, just two standalone. Uh, I've done a bunch of lore videos just from stuff mm-hmm. in there because I really like those two. Yeah. I, I don't really have much to add because it's been so long. So, mm-hmm. uh, Then we got a couple Thrawn questions. So the first is from David, who asks, uh, why didn't Thrawn make more of an effort to utilize Super Star Destroyers and other large dreadnoughts? There were several left in the galaxy by the time of his campaign. For example, Nighthammer, Reaper, Megador, Dominion. Was he just unaware of their existence, or was it a conscious decision to not try to acquire one? Just didn't really have them. Like, like, well, it talks about in the Essential Guide to Warfare about how Thrawn left most of the Imperials to defend their own territory, mm-hmm. so he could kind of go on his little uh, his little crusade around the galaxy. Um, yeah, that's he was, you know, pretty moving pretty fast, hitting pretty hard. I think. Yeah. For most of it, a Super Star Destroyer would have slowed him down. Yeah. Like, Thrawn would have generally... If you go from the assumption rather than, like, oh, it just hadn't really been established in-universe that the Executor wasn't uh, one of a kind. Uh, yeah. If you go from the idea that it is there, generally the explanation is, like, Thrawn had his kind of pick of the litter from all the stuff that was around, and he chose stuff that fit better with the idea of, like, he could yeah. hit wherever he wants, be able to spread out his forces more, be more... Uh, flexible with what he's doing. I will say, though, even in Return of the Jedi, they acknowledge that there's more than one Super Star Destroyer because Han says, calm down, Luke, there's lots of command ships. I mean, I guess that doesn't necessarily mean Super Star Destroyer, but... yeah, Yeah. Like, Thrawn doesn't lose space... Like, Thrawn doesn't really lose any space battles. I mean, you could say he lost Slewis Van, but not really. He doesn't really lose at Bilbringi. He's killed. Yeah. But, like... He, uh, there's not really much that a Super Star Destroyer would have changed because he trounces the New Republic yeah. pretty much. There's that one battle with Belliblis where like, he doesn't get the overwhelming victory because Belliblis gets away. But even then, it's like that's not a case where a Super Star Destroyer would have helped because he's just got a few ships. Like, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just to jump back quickly to the previous question, uh, Campiv in chat is asking... Or, sorry, Ethan is asking, why not Star by Star? I do really like Star by Star, but I feel like Star by Star, you kind of have to read yeah. with other stuff because it, it's so related to, like, how the mm-hmm. war's gone and how it's going to be going. Like, if you're just kind of jumping in in specific books, then uh, I don't think Star by Star is the best for that because it's, like, so tied into the broader plot. Uh, watch 101 Dalmatians. Same story, basically. Yeah. <laughs> um... <laughs> Watch the Michael Vick uh, dogfighting documentary. Basically the same thing. <laughs> Our final question for the night comes from Joel, uh, who is asking, since it seems Dave Filoni is going to be wrapping up Thrawn's mm. arc post-Return of the Jedi, do you think he'll embrace any of the aspects of the Zahn books or stick to his own thing? Personally, I think Filoni might mention a few things from the Zan books, and even Thrawn's motivations of protecting the galaxy from threats in the unknown region, only because if they can bring up an obscure character like Cobb Vanth, I don't see why Filoni might not cherry-pick elements from Zan's Thrawn books, even if at the end of the day Thrawn is unquestionably the villain of the so-called Mandoverse that he's shepherding. I do think that when it comes to the Grist storyline, Zan will be more likely to wrap that up himself, and that won't get mentioned in the TV side of things. Uh, but what do you think? Will yeah, Filoni we, embrace we elements talked, of that or not? 
we've talked about this before a few times. The only thing we really have to go off of is Star Wars Rebels, where he's unambiguously a villain. Mm-hmm. I kind of think that's probably the approach that he'll take going forward. Yeah, I feel like anything that's going to be uh, drawn as a hero or anti-hero or whatever else is going to be kept more to the book side and more on his dealings within the Chiss. Mm-hmm. Whereas outside of that, he's an Imperial fighting for the Empire. Uh, and mm-hmm. his reasons for joining the Empire may exist and may tie into similar stuff to Legends, like fighting to protect stuff. But it'll probably be more akin to original Thrawn trilogy where he was just Imperial baddie doing Imperial baddie things. Like mm-hmm. maybe there'll be some allusion to it, uh, but I don't think they'll muddy the waters too much with uh, trying to go too far in the Thrawn apologist direction. Mm-hmm. No, I, I agree. I think that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But I think that's pretty much it for tonight. Do you have anything else you want to talk about before we wrap her up? Nope. Uh think that's it. Next week is a Young Jedi Knights book, which I believe, again, is Jedi Under Siege. Uh, I'll have to double check the previous episodes, but it's whichever one follows the previous one we did. Uh, and... Oh, uh, yeah. Also, sorry, I just remembered something. I don't know why I interrupted you. It's just a train of thought that came. They they call it Zim in the book. That's what they Zim? call it. Okay. Because I remember being confused the first time. Like, why are they talking about Zim the Despot? Sorry, I, I don't know why Invader I interrupted Zim. you. It's just, yeah, exactly. Sorry, continue. Uh, then week after that, we will be doing uh, Starfighters of Adamar. Week after that will be a Throne book. So, yeah. We've actually got the next month or so of content planned for once. Yeah. Because following the Throne book, we'll probably have a week where we do another Young Jedi Knights book. Uh, yep. We but do uh, need to get to the end of that. Oh, do we talk about the Bad Batch trailer at all? We did last week. Okay. Okay, cool. Yeah, that was part of the Q&A episode. Right. Yes, that's right. Okay, then I'm good. I'm going to say goodbye, everybody. Thanks for watching or listening. Bye. 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 Good luck.